XR Motion Podcast with your host, Michael Steinberg. All right, welcome to the XR Motion Podcast. Man, I am excited for today. We have just so much talent on. It's going to be great. Um, today on the podcast, as you guys know, XR Motion, we go over everything VR, AR, 3D, metaverse, NFT sometimes, uh, and all types of art forms on here. Um, and I'm just ready to get going. Um, first off, starting off with some great news. Uh, today we have with us co-hosting is Andrew Hogue. And uh, guys, he's also just joining into XR Motion fully. And I, it's just such a blessing to have him on board because he is just so talented. Uh, and if you don't believe me, go check out his last episode where we had him on uh, and your mind will be blown. Andrew, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm super stoked to uh, to be here and um, very excited to, uh, to be lending my voice to the podcast. Obviously, uh, tons of talent on here. Super excited for today's episode. It's a, it's a person who I've known for a while who is amazing at everything he does so i'm very stoked to uh, pick his brain about his process and his work but you know in the broader sense also super stoked to be on the xr motion team dude i i'm i'm so excited for this episode people won't have to hear me uh space out every now and then asking ridiculous questions. <laughs> you'll help balance it out but yeah i mean just really quick before we get justin here and on board um just want to talk about like some of the updates we've been doing um, and with, again, the help of Andrew, just helping out tremendously on every, even our email wasn't working. Sounds dumb. You had to reconnect the email using a DNS code. I, I literally would have taken me hours. Andrew just like dead face fixed it in like 10 minutes. I, but I love this man. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, so we were, we've been working on the website, right? And, um, we also did the meetup recently, and that that was great, right? Yeah, meetup has been getting uh, it's it's been pretty crazy. I mean, I feel like that's where you and I met, Michael. It was like back in, I mean, that was pre-COVID, right? So yeah, when I first started Jesus, going, it was, was like yeah. it was like seven, <laughs> eight of us usually, like yeah. maybe ten. Uh, what did we have at last at the last one? I mean, it was like definitely it was over, over twenty. Yeah, it was over twenty. I think in just the picture, we had twenty-five. And there was like yeah. a, a lot of other people really that cool. were coming and like in just and out. so just a dynamic group, you know, like people from all different backgrounds. Some people just getting started. Some people that are like you know seasoned vets. So um, it's been really cool to watch the uh, the meetup grow. And then you know obviously on the social side of things, like the Discord channel, you know, oh, yeah. also blowing up. Tons of people talking and sharing info and inspiration. And so definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it's it's just been great and I'm I'm really getting excited about the future and it really feels like the wheels are starting to get rolling. Um speaking of rolling, let's get on to the next part. Let's bring in Justin. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be on. Well, Justin, I just want to give you a quick intro. Um, so guys, we have Justin Horseman here and I just want to say, um, real quick, reading your bio here, which I just love, uh, you're a Denver based graphic designer who focuses on blending the worlds of architecture, 3d modeling and illustration. Mwah, it's so good. Uh, with a background in architectural design and rendering. Um, and you're even a senior graphic designer at SketchUp, which is no way, yes way. And in your spare time, which I love your personal projects, um, you're leveraging SketchUp, V-Ray, and the Adobe Suite to create texture-heavy abstract artwork under the moniker Kid Few. 
um, which is so sick. Guys, if you're listening right now, go check out Kid Few. Go go on Instagram right now. Type in K-I-D as in David, F as in Frank, U as in Unicorn, and E as in Echo. That's Kid Few because his work is just Whoo, it is next level, man. I'm I'm so glad you're here with this. This is uh it's an honor to have you on. Oh man, what an intro. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> because honestly, I feel like I've been looking at your guys' Instagram accounts and Andrew, I've been following you for what feels like an eternity. And I feel so uh mind blown by everything that you guys are doing. And uh I feel like a, a good dose of imposter syndrome right now, for sure. Oh man, I mean don't we all? I feel like that's I mean, I think we're we're probably gonna talk a little bit about that because I feel like one thing I one thing I really appreciate about the Kid Few project is just like it first of all, such a unique voice and, mm. and so consistent. Um you know, I think we'll talk about the technical stuff. There, you, I think you have a really good sort of method of like when I see your stuff, it's almost like I could like reach out and touch it. Like it's very, you know, I you, you mentioned sort of like your emphasis on texture and you know to take something digital and make it feel analog is you know is no easy feat. Um, so I'm I'm very excited to talk to talk more about that. But I guess you know to kind of kick things off, I'm curious. You know, um, we we did our intro of you, but like, what did we miss? And can you just talk a little bit about the Kid Few project and sort of how it came to be and and what you're working on? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I, uh, you know, I feel like I've always been creative. I I was convinced that you know from ages like eight to sixteen that I would be a professional cartoonist uh, and would draw wow. a cartoon a day at like five thirty a.m. <laughs> before school just to like crank it out. So. Um, of course, like that dream quickly like faded away and it became uh, architecture. And I was like, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and yeah, going through architecture school um, and working for an architecture firm quickly after school, I, I realized that architecture and how detail oriented it is and just like how traditional the industry felt was not something that was at all for me. But I did realize that the the rendering and the graphic design side of it and kind of like putting together like posters um for final presentations and all that that was super interesting to me so yeah after after i made that realization i uh i got a job working for sketchup um as a graphic designer uh and kind of like that was the the perfect combination of graphic design and architecture and all of the things that I loved and completely absent of all the things that I hated so that was great um and and yeah so you know I've been working for SketchUp for the last like five or six years and uh I think as everybody probably with a corporate design job like recognizes there's a lot of restriction creative restriction with brand guidelines and i i've always felt this need to like express myself outside of my professional work and so i've been tinkering with a bunch of styles for like the last like few years and have always just like created work that is just like sat on my hard drive and um yeah you know kid few kind of just like was this realization that like i wanted to like share this stuff and I wanted to like have a platform where I could, you know, try new things, uh, experiment with techniques, uh, you know, do things that are completely absent of uh, 
stakeholder feedback or like all the brand guidelines <laughs> yeah. that like weigh you down right yeah um but uh yeah kid few the name comes from um my dad uh and i was visiting germany a few years ago and i saw this like um down in like my grandparents basement but my my dad when he was a teenager used to build audio equipment for um like touring bands in germany and wow. uh, he like couldn't come up with like a name for the the company that he created like as he was creating these like synthesizers and like <laughs> mixing boards and all these things so like he was like working for this one german band and um he like took the first name of the first letter of the first name of like all the different uh the band members and it was kid pew and i saw it just sitting what? there and i was like this is it and <laughs> quickly did a google search saw that for like a six character word there was nothing on the internet and i was like this is it like this is gonna be it I damn love that's that. amazing that's <laughs> he awesome. like it's like he didn't pass his own name down but he passed his art name down <laughs> that's sick i know I, I kept it hidden from him for like a few years just out of like what is he gonna think that i'm doing all this like crazy you know whatever but he's, he's blessed he's like, it. yeah he's blessed it. i was gonna say it's like it could go one of two ways i feel like obviously you know i'm sure he's super supportive but i, I probably in that situation i'd probably be like he's gonna think i'm like it's like creative uh you know just just lifting someone's creative project but that's awesome that your dad was doing like uh you know which you know the other part about kid view so it's i feel like there's two parts of a whole right so you you know you have this incredible visual aesthetic and and you know you you have these sort of stories that you're telling with these sort of scenes and and these renderings that you're doing there but you know there's also the audio side of it you know as a musician so I feel like that's uh, that's a really you know now knowing the backstory of Kid Few and, and sort of its origin story. I mean that's also a really nice nod to, to what your dad was doing, right? Because you're you're making some you know if it's not if it's not Kid Few on Instagram for me, it's Kid Few on Spotify. So uh, I feel like you're you're kind of marrying those worlds really well. Cool. I appreciate I appreciate the Spotify shout out. Thank you. Andrew. <laughs> Got you. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I guess one of the you know that's one of the things that I was really curious to talk to you about is sort of like, I think of all of the artists, you know, that I know and follow and, 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 you know, respect and appreciate their work. One thing that I'm always taken aback is just like how prolific you are and, and how, you know, steady your output is. And, you know, I, from the outside looking in, I'm sure you probably feel differently. And actually even hearing, you know, the fact that it's like, this was born out of, I think every artist can relate to the idea of having like, a million things on your hard drive that you just don't do anything with right like <laughs> i have a closet full of hard drives that i should yeah, probably I was... go and do at some point but um but you know how do you you know what is your sort of like you know what is your mindset in terms of like staying on top you know it's it's something that you're obviously investing a ton of your time and a ton of your energy into you know how do you balance that with like you were saying you know i mean there is the sort of corporate side of things that like maybe pays the bills or whatever but you know how do you still find the energy and the reserve to like to continue to just be so you know regular in your output with with the kid few stuff yeah that's a great question um i i, I think that it like kind of come i think i've always been like a very um like process driven person and i i think back to like when i was like drawing cartoons as a kid and i like quickly figured out how to like create like powerpoint templates where i'd like print the strip and like like have i created my own font so like it was just easy for me to like crank out these things um and i feel like i've kind of like done the same thing with the kid few project where it's it's really easy for me to like kind of like plug into this project um 
and there's different like phases of the project so like even you know there's the initial modeling phase then there's the phase where you take everything out of sketchup and put it into photoshop and like you play around in photoshop and then there's like the you know like you got to write like instagram captions so like there's the copywriting phase even um and and i think that my motivation um it it changes course so often that um I feel like the the number one thing that causes me to have a healthy balance with all of this is just reminding myself that like if I'm not feeling motivated to work on this like I don't have to and there's a million other like phases where like some days I'll feel like working in SketchUp and that's great um and some days I'll feel like photoshopping but uh I I kind of like have created this like process and uh there's like different buckets of creativity in that process that kind of like allow me to just focus on what I actually want to do in the moment. And then like when that wave of inspiration hits, like I really want to do some 3D modeling, I'll crank out like 10 different models and that'll be it. And then I don't need to like do that anymore. And a few days can go by until my next motivation wave hits. So I um I feel like with with creativity, it's so easy to, to get burnt out. And I think the number one thing that you have to remind yourself is just to be kind to yourself. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel lucky that I have a pretty relentless creative drive. It's, it's easy for me to just turn on. Mm, that's well, awesome, you, man. Yeah. When you do get into those like creative slumps and you know, everyone has their different processes of getting out, but is there anything in particular you like to do, whether it's looking at inspiration or just kind of putting the pen down and forcing yourself to do it. Yeah. I, I think, um, it's one of those things where I, I feel this frequently and I'm, I'm curious if you guys feel the same, but I think like as a creative, especially given that like my, my personal career or my personal work and my professional career are so closely intertwined. I feel that sometimes I'm just like, get me away from this computer. Like I cannot like look at this anymore. So I think like, yeah, recharging just really looks like, you know, going outside for a walk, like going for Mm. a hike, like just doing anything to take your mind away from you know, like these, these traps that you find yourself in. Um, and, and obviously like I, I really enjoy, um, like looking at what other people are doing and, you know, that's a slippery slope obviously. But I think, uh, if you're constantly looking at, at what people are doing that are super close to what you do, then it kind of like brings you back to, those like mental traps that you found yourself in in the beginning. But if you find inspiration from people that might be doing something entirely different from you, that's good. Like I follow a lot of, of uh, painters and like urban sketchers and like just people that do something completely removed from what I do. And I find that like I get inspired by little pieces of their formulas, you know, so to speak. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I feel like, a lot of people that have vastly individual styles, um, and I would consider your style pre- pretty unique. Like I have not seen a lot of people pulling off um, the kind of work you do. And I, I really do feel like there is kind of this um, trend I see between people with unique artwork and not looking for 
inspiration in their own field. They look outwards. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a very fun thing to do. And it's something I definitely don't do enough of. Yeah. I, you know, I think like being unique in, at least in my world is the result of having spent years and years of just being frustrated and just like falling into these like up and down cycles with creativity where like you think you're doing cool things, but like nobody cares about it at all. (laughs) And like, you really do have to learn that you're doing this for yourself. You're doing this for your health. And like the more that you're able to tap into the things that you really find unique and kind of, avoid yourself of other you know inspiration or just trying to follow trends or whatever i think the happier you'll be and the more likely you are to find an audience that resonates with your work um i i i want to take a quick second uh because i just i it i don't can't believe i didn't think of this before you know before jumping on with you so I remember like for reference of like the, you know, sort of you have this this methodology that you use and like this framework that you work in that that allows you to be prolific and, you know, continue to sort of hone your craft and continue to like speak to the kid, you know, use, use your kid few voice to 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 share the stories and sort of sentiments that you want to share. There was a time when Justin broke his wrist, right? Was it your wrist? Uh, yeah, your right. Yeah. Actually, I was going to break that up uh, that like the last time I had talked to you was like two years ago when I was like sitting in a cast. (laughs) Like, but so the reason I bring it up is because like you broke your wrist and like for me, if I broke my mousing wrist or like the, you know, my, my stylus wrist, I'd be like, all right, well, I guess like I'm done for, uh, I don't know, however long it's going to take for me to get it. I feel like you were immediately like, like I just pictured you sitting at the keyboard, just trying to figure out how to use your non-dominant hand for, you know, like, but didn't, but didn't you also flip that into, am I misremembering that you flipped it into like, you, you had like a bunch of stuff that you set aside on your hard drive is like, this is the stuff that, you know, I'm marking this as using the opposite hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I'm, I, uh, it, well, first off, I will say that, like, yeah, I did uh, take out my dominant hand, um, and it was a steep learning curve to to learn <laughs> to use the other hand. But yeah, I kind of used that time in the in the six weeks of being in a cast to just create a whole like music project that was just like intentionally like kind of more lo-fi and kind of just like bad, you know. But um, yeah, I called it left hand lo-fi, and it's definitely like one of my favorite <laughs> projects that I've created yeah that's it i knew i knew i mean but that's like you know that's that's i feel like that speaks to your mindset of like you took what would probably be a devastating scenario for most people and found a way to say all right well like maybe this is maybe this is another type of creativity that i don't you know i've never gotten the chance to experience i mean that's i feel like that's a huge uh that's a that's a huge strength i feel like as a creative is to be able to like take those moments and, and flip them on their head yeah yeah i agree um I think like one of the mantras that I try to take through my work is um, is actually like the reversal of like what used to weigh me down uh, back like before I started this project when I had way too much stuff sitting on the hard drive. And it was just this realization that like all these like projects that you have sitting on your hard drive that you like know you want to do something with, but you don't know what you want to do with. It's just weight on your shoulders and it's weighing you down. And I'm... I'm much more a fan of just creating something, being focusing wholeheartedly on it for just a moment in time, putting it out there, never thinking about it again. And the result of that is that you 
you kind of like catalog all of these like moments and like eras of your life. It's, I don't know, I, I can like see certain projects that I've done and just like remember all of these things that I was feeling then. And I think mm-hmm. just releasing stuff and just like getting it out there and moving on is the, it's for me has been super, super helpful. Yeah, like yeah. almost like using your creative work as like a cathartic exercise in some way, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I, you know, it's always funny too. Sometimes you think the work you do is bad and you post it out there and then people wind up loving it, you know, um, which is always a great feeling, but yeah. And always getting it out there. I can't even believe, I mean, a few years ago, I feel like I had a huge, like completish, like, or what, it, I don't even know if it's a, like a word I like, like, I guess perfectionist is a better yeah, word perfectionism, for it, but, I mean, yeah. you know, like it, it just like had to be a hundred percent and it, yeah, just projects never got done. And so like in a weird way, my growth went slower versus just continually moving on to the next thing. And I just, the things that made me not get to the finish line super fast, you know, once you keep racing over and over again, you figure out how to get through those little hurdles faster and faster. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's interesting too, cause I feel like you don't, you don't have like a, um, in like when I'm doing work with clients, right? Like, shouldn't we do this or that? And like, yeah, there might be an argument to be made for it. But I find myself saying a lot to like in client work or, you know, work that I don't consider a personal project, right? No one knows what's being left out except you. Like if it's not Mm -hmm. in the final product, you're the only one that is like aware of, oh, (laughs) like I want it, you know, whether it's like, if it's a, if it's a 3D render, like, oh, well, I would have really liked if that one lighting setup I had worked out or like that one text, you know, the texturing is like a little, no one is thinking like zero people, literally zero people think about that except you as the creator. And like, maybe if you're working with a team and you've had those conversations, but in practice, when you're doing that with your personal work, it's it's much it's a much more difficult thing to do. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm much more interested these days in not getting caught in the trap of trying to create the one perfect career defining piece, and I'm more interested in just creating a, a body of work and just showing up, just doing the work, having it be that, and and you know just like moving on. I think. Uh, I think creatives like have a tendency to like get stuck in their own heads and to like try to strive for perfection. Like you said, like people don't care. People don't know. And I I feel like I very um, actively seek out imperfection in my work and I'm totally okay with it. Mm. Put the V-Ray render settings on the lowest quality so it like gets done in like two minutes. Like I don't care. Like uh, (laughs) I don't know. I think that there's just like all of these things where I'm just like, oh, like that's a random cool thing that just like resulted out of whatever. Like I'm going to step aside, recognize that this is a cool thing and adjust course and just like, you know, keep moving. Keep on it. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Mm. Well, I feel like, oh, go Go ahead, ahead, Michael. I was going to say, do you mind um, like, because your work is super unique and stylistic. Um, How is kind of like your process of making each individual piece? Yeah, um, I think when it comes to ideas, I... I um I spend a lot of time just like looking uh you know like at you know photo references or just like you know random like Flickr accounts that I follow that just like have cool architecture or just artists that I follow and I have a sketchbook where I just kind of like sketch some loose concepts but um I think creativity for me is one of those things where like you really just need to like get into it you can't try to plan too far ahead with like what's going to happen 
Um, and as soon as I'm like in SketchUp, like modeling some stuff, pulling in some like cool car models or, you know, whatever, um, it kind of, the, the process informs the result. Um, so yeah, I, I spend a lot of time modeling in SketchUp and, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say as somebody and not to sound like a noob here, but like, I've not necessarily worked too much in SketchUp. Um, what would be kind of like the benefits or the strengths of using SketchUp over any other program um, if you used other programs? So I think um, at, like when you think about using a 3D program in the sense that we are, we're like we're creating like artwork with it. I think that SketchUp would probably be like the last program that I would recommend. Like <laughs> I think like Blender or like uh any of the other ones that I have yet to dive into, like would be significantly better. Um, but from a modeling standpoint, um, and I'm gonna try, you know, not to s sound too salesy here, considering that I work for SketchUp, but- um, I want the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's a super, super intuitive and easy program to pick up. And there are free modeling versions um, on online that you can use and, uh, I think the ease of getting into it was the reason why I picked it up in architecture school because everybody else was using the more, you know, official uh, architecture programs. And I was like, I'm gonna use this like bootleg copy of SketchUp because <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really easy program to use. But um, I think in the sense of creating artwork with it, um, I think, you know, you gotta kind of like, what do I want like control over when I'm in Photoshop? Like what are the, how do I want to like blend things and like make this look like it's not a SketchUp model? Cause like if you like were to Google SketchUp, like you get a bunch of images from like people that make models and it just kind of all looks the same. Like you can definitely tell that it's SketchUp. So um, yeah, I, I basically, and again, I've figured this out because like this is what I do for my job, but um, I basically like kind of like export different uh, like compositing layers out of SketchUp. So like I'll export like one pass that's just the line work and then like another pass that's just the shadows. And uh, then, you know, I'll, I'll do like a super simple like clay render in like two minutes in V-Ray just to like get some like cool shading. Um, but like then you've, you've taken something out of this like very straightforward program and you are able to have more control in, in, uh, in Illustrator and Photoshop. And you can kind of like, that's, I think the subtleties of like how you decide to like blend things together and like the colors you use and all that. Like, I think the subtleties are like where the style comes from. I love that you say that because you know, it's funny. I've never heard somebody mix renders like that, like using the standard render and then going in and just using V-Ray to get another look and then mixing those together. That's awesome. I mean, it's crazy too, because it's like, and and my naive, probably naive, and naive isn't, isn't even really the word. It's more just like, I, you know, I, I am familiar with SketchUp because when I started my 3D career, I was like, I need a program that's free that I can make stuff in because I have no money, but I want to make stuff in 3D. So it was SketchUp and Blender. And so like, I, I picked up SketchUp and my for first impression was like, oh, this seems like more on the architectural side of things, right? Uh, but then I found Blender and was like, oh, it's like, kind of like SketchUp, but like has like more of this traditional, you know, so, but what's crazy is like what you've just described in terms of like your compositing technique, right? Like take the shadow pass, take the, you know, like do a, do a 
global render with like a clay material, like taking all of that and put it, that's what every single, um, you know, uh, digital content creation app is doing right now where it's like, you know, in Blender, like you can take all those passes and get them separately in your compositor and you're compositing them all together. And like, yeah, you might be working in one program, but it's, it's, it's just fascinating to hear that, you know, you're sort of like hacking SketchUp to be something to, to extend its functionality by like bringing, you know, interpreting what it's giving you in different ways. That's, I think is just really, really awesome. Uh, because I feel like I would not have learned that kind of stuff had it not been like laid out in front of me, like in the sense of like, Blender's compositor or, you know, I don't, Cinema 4D, uh, Michael, I don't know if you can speak to that, but like, you know, taking passes and mixing them together, that's like kind of compositing 101, so. Yeah, I mean, I do compositing, but I just do sometimes like, you know, the basic shadow pass and stuff, but I would love to, because you know, it's funny is like, and I know I've heard any renderer can make it look any way, but I would love now that you, you just said that, and I don't know, my wheels started tinkering, but I'd love to somehow blend because uh, I have Redshift and Octane and I love the metals on Octane and I love kind of like the smoothness that Redshift gives. And those are just like the talents I'm able to pull off in those pro, but I would love to like try and grab some different passes from that. I, that yeah, so that's a cool, love yeah. that. Yeah, and love I feel that. like also, um... Justin, like you're, so some of the renders you've done recently where it's like just, I guess now I'm understanding it to be just like the line work pass, right? So like in Blender, there's a, a render engine called Freestyle, which basically takes all your 3D models and gives you just sort of the contour or like the, you know, the, um, the, the edges in like black and white, you can composite it over stuff, you know, so people do that, use that as like a way to do tune stuff, but it's just interesting to hear sort of how you've, you've, that exists in SketchUp and you're finding ways, you know, unique ways to mix it together, which sort of brings me to, I feel like you just posted something the other day. I think I commented on it. Uh, it was giving me Wind Waker vibes. It kind of has like this cell shaded look, uh, which is a little bit of a deviation from like maybe, I guess, less textured, textured than some of your other work, but like a lot more emphasis on some of the shadows and stuff. Um, do you want to talk about a little bit about like what that process is looking like? It sounds like you're exploring some new stuff. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm just like kind of the type of person that just gets a little like bored with uh, what I'm doing and I'm always looking for ways to like shake things up. And um, I've been coming across like a bunch of artists recently um, from Japan that um, the emphasis is like I'm such a maximalist when it comes to design, but like the emphasis in Japan seems to be that it's very like subtle and there's just like a little bit of like shakiness to everything which just like makes it kind of feel a little bit more organic so yeah andrew to 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 your point um i've been playing around a little bit more with just like adding a little bit of roughness to things like on top of everything that i already do um but uh but yeah it's it's cool to like just spend time like exploring different styles and then to kind of like see how that you can incorporate that into your own style so yeah, I, I follow a lot of artists um, that I'm, you know, heavily inspired by. I don't know if you guys know the uh, the work by uh, George uh, Wilesel. He's like a uh, super abstract, super texture heavy, um, like illustration artist. And I feel like he, I was obsessed with his work for a long time. And when you looked at it, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like it's so obvious to like, when when you look at artwork these days especially like everything that's getting posted online there's a lot of like 
it's very like evident what feels like it was made in a computer and like what was actually like created on like physical media and like there's there's just like a subtleness to it that it's like it's it's obvious to me when i can see that somebody has just like added noise on top of an image and like that's just like their texture and like that's cool but i i feel like i was looking at george's work and uh it just felt so real and it felt like there was some kind of like distortion and like just texture that was happening that like I I had never seen anything that looked as real and like felt like it was giving me like a feeling that I'd never felt from like otherwise digital artwork. And so so he is a digital artist because I'm looking at it now and you're right. I mean, it's very uh, it feels like it's print media like. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was looking at his uh, I was just like, you know, like stalking like all of the comments that he's left on his like post for like the last like two years and like quickly quickly figured out that like what he was doing is um and what i do now is taking the final media uh printing it out on just like a regular laser scanner uh and then scanning it back in it's like printing it really small too and then scanning it back in um and just the the distortion and the texture that like comes from like the imperfection of a laser printer getting printed onto paper it when I like scanned it for the first time and I like saw it, you know, at like 1600 DPI, like what this small little like two inch print looked like, I was just completely blown away and captivated. There was just like so much more texture that just felt so authentic. So yeah. That's... And it's sort of, it's it's interesting too. Cause I, I, I mean, I love that first of all, I, you know, it, it, uh, my mind is going to a million places also because I know, you know, from your on the music side of Kid Fuse stuff, you know, you and I have had discussions a lot about like this idea of analog versus digital and like, you know, there are techniques that that studio engineers use to like, re, you know, they'll take a synth sound that they made in the computer and like re-record it through an amp just to give it like that little bit of like tube warmth or something, right? Same same kind of concept here. But what it what's interesting too is like now having talked to you a lot about like your process and like sort of your ethos and like how you approach your creativity, I feel like there's almost maybe I'm wrong, but it, it's it's like almost in a way like by by sending it to a printer, you're saying it's no like it's no longer in the digital realm. I can't open the file tweaking stuff. I've printed it. It sort of becomes like a, it gives like a level of finality to like I've reached this point in the process. At this point, there's no turning back. Is that would you say that's accurate or like does it feel that way when you're doing it? A hundred percent. I'm glad that you picked up on that because I I think that I'm. The, one of the typical, uh, you know, like shortcomings of a creative is the inability to ever call something finished. Michael, like earlier, you were saying that like we all strive for perfection, but art is never finished. It's only abandoned. And um, I, I love the idea of just getting something to a point, putting it through some kind of medium, whether it's a laser printer or for like my music, I, I run things through cassette tape Um and then just never being able to like go back to the original file. That is like so relaxing to me on such a deep level. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Actually, I posted in our Discord on the uh, the Inspire channel. It was actually just a vinyl cover. And I was just like, damn, this is like such a simple composition. It was just a shark fin going through grass. 
when it was on a vinyl, it was just so beautiful. I was like, damn, that looks good. You know, it was so simple, but uh, yeah, it really just pulled off the unique look and it was like from the 80s. So it had that slightly more yellow tinge to it that just, you know, you can't replicate that, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think there's a, especially like as I dive more into like the world of printing, you know, like every printer is, is different. Like I actually like just go to, like the local like FedEx office because like they're printed like you can print like for like two cents a page and for whatever reason they have really nice printers and I just <laughs> I love the the like texture and like color um and I've been experimenting more with just adding texture on top and like like my latest obsessions are like I feel I feel like so behind technologically compared to like you guys and like the stuff that you do. So like bear with me, but I just figured out um, displacement maps and like using that to kind of like add some (laughs) roughness to an image and it's a complete game changer. Like it's, it adds like such like a randomness to it that like I would have never known how to get otherwise. So yeah, like there's a, there's a bunch of things that I'm playing around with these days that, um, you know, dip more into the more texture, more abstraction, more emotion, you know? Mm. Well, I want to ask, not to reel it back too much, but I I am curious because uh, one thing I've been trying to do is uh, maybe you're trying to expand a little bit. I'm actually trying to recently go back a little bit and that's going into like just drawing. Like, I mean, it's such a fundamental that I think I just skipped over and I feel like a lot of other artists I know did not going to call any names out, but, um, you know, like how much do you still draw and what was that kind of like transition moment in your life where you did want to go from, you know, from a physical art form into that digital, um, space. I think about this a lot actually, because I think that sometimes I really do feel like I'm not as a digital artist who works primarily on a computer. I feel like I'm not an artist. And I realize mm. that that is, that's a, sh- a shortcoming. Uh, and, you know, just a reflection of like how I feel because like digital art definitely can be art. Um, but I feel like maybe it's because I follow so many like painters and like people that work in the physical medium that I, I feel like what I'm doing isn't worthy of art. So, yeah, I mean, I spent, I spent, um, you know, like my childhood, like drawing cartoons and, but like, that was the extent of my drawing. Like I'm really Mm. not good at drawing, like anything (laughs) physical is really bad. So like, I'm, I'm grateful that like working in, in 3d and like working primarily on a computer kind of like allows me to like achieve these like things that otherwise I would never be able to do. Mm, Love that. Love that. Well, it's cool that you even have a sketchbook. I need to get one of those. I've been just honestly using the back of note cards, you know, going, trying to get into the doodle fit, doing traditional tattoos. I've been kind of just trying to get like basic outlines of things. So um, yeah, I'm working, I'm trying to work my way up to a pad, but you know, I don't want it to I don't know why it is about pad. Like when you actually get like a notebook and you start writing in it, that's when like 
a weird perfectionist comes to me and I'm like, oh, it's in the whole book now. <laughs> this is a permanent paint. So, you know, I'm sticking to note cards. But one day- I can't, I can't, de- I can't delete this file. <laughs> exactly. I have five good drawings. Like God, you know, I can't make a six one until it's perfect. I feel like, I feel like the tip that I got that really stuck with me was that well, it was mostly when I started doing, I feel like it was mostly when I started getting heavy into the, th- the 3D stuff, right? Which like, you know, even what you just described, Justin, is like, there's a technical process that just takes like trial and error. And like, there's, you know, you're kind of in some ways, once you start doing a certain amount of work on the computer, you're like in a very linear workflow, right? Like, basically, you're only, you're only friend in that scenario is like, you know, control Z, right? Like, you can only undo so many times. But what I found was that some, I, I can't remember what artist it was, but it, there was a moment too where it was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I was not a traditional visual artist. I mean, I kind of same deal. Like I used to do the, like, uh, the sticky note, um, cartoons where you just like draw the little stick figures, oh, like classic. on like an entire, and you oh, like yeah. flip through it. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, I, I drew, but I would, I was certainly not a visual artist, but I remember uh, there was an artist talking about, I think it was when I was at this design conference in New York, it was a, uh, a designer basically said, First of all, drawing gives you sitting down with a notebook before you even get to the computer. You're going to generate way more ideas way faster, right? Like you can, you know, there isn't the like, there isn't the exhaustion of like, all right, change tools. Like what was that keyboard shortcut again? Like it is pencil, paper, your brain, like eraser, right? I mean, there's not like a, there's not all these buttons. You're not trying to remember what keystrokes, you know, even dumb stuff like your computer's not working for some reason, your internet stops working, whatever. Just there's so few, so much fewer distraction or so, so few distractions when you're just working, you know, pen and paper. So honestly, I'm still a terrible artist when it comes to drawing, but I have been really trying to be like, at least getting ideas down for compositions before I try to start actually building anything. And I feel like it does, like there's a level of frustration that gets removed just by forcing yourself to say, all right, before I like let myself get too gung ho on something, you know, and and iterating in, in the digital space, like let me just try to get some ideas down on paper first. Well, and too, like, I mean, if you're, if you're already feeling burnt out because you've spent all day working in front of a computer, like the solution isn't to add more fuel to the fire. Like I think that sometimes like it's, it's really nice. Like I've been getting into um, like just like sketching more and like using like watercolor. And again, like I'm just so bad at this, like, and I would never do anything with any of this work, but like the, the quality of the line that you get, like from like drawing on paper and like the, the way that like watercolor, like pools in certain areas. And like, there's just all of this like imperfection where like, I mean, these are the things that I'm striving for, like when I'm like creating digital art, but it's like you, you're doing this in front of you and you're like, this is beautiful. Like, it's like such a cathartic moment to like draw physically. Yeah. I, yeah, it it really is. I, you know, what's funny is like, I feel like recently a lot of people have been, I've been getting in a lot more into 3d modeling and, uh, been getting a little bit of compliments, which has been nice. Um, but what's funny is like the work really is like kind of outside of what I've ever done in the past. And, uh, you know, I do sculpting. Now it's funny is I've always sculpted on my computer, but I got a, uh, an app called Nomad and I start my 3d modeling on my phone when I'm in the train. And I don't know why, but it's just like, because I'm in a different environment and on a different app, like, or a different, like, screen it just it's totally different thoughts it's totally different from like what i normally create and 
you know, people even have been saying that, you know, like it's so different from what you normally do. And I'm like, yeah, but I think it is like, cause a I'm really sitting, it's cause I'm sitting on the train. Like the train's <laughs> not the train, uh, the brakes broke like at like West fourth and it took me four hours to get home. And so, yeah, no, I mean, it's a totally different vibe and, and it's like, I mean, that is whether it is like in a different digital space or not. I mean, I do think there's so much value to just like and look, I mean, COVID, if 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 it didn't accelerate the lesson for a lot of us, which from the people that I talk with, you know, on a regular basis, it seems that the, the general consensus is like if if COVID doesn't teach you that, like, you, you know, your your time outside of your space, like your where you spend most of your time is like just as important as yeah. the time and the things that you're doing in in your space. I mean, you know, I hope that everyone picked up on that. I mean, I think it, it for me, it was a hard lesson because I've always been, you know, a bit of a workaholic and like, you know, I've definitely like COVID hit and it's like, all right, I really need to get better about carving space out for myself. Even if it's like, like Justin, you were saying, you know, why add more fuel to the fire? If I'm frustrated, if I'm create, if I'm feeling creatively burnt, like the the last thing i should do is continue to do what i've been doing like i should go you know it doesn't even have to be art like i love to cook i like to like plant garden and stuff like just mm. doing stuff that's not you know that forces me to use my brain in a different way you know it's always uh i think i think i've i've seen actually that like you know ne neurologists have have found that like the idea of the eureka moment usually happens when you're not focusing on the problem that you're trying to solve right mm. so like it's why it's why when you're like in the shower not thinking about a project suddenly your brain just has this like it's like our brains are really good at working on things on the background but when you really like start putting too much focus on something which justin i feel like is like a huge sounds to be like a huge cornerstone of your creative process you know that's usually when you have the you open up yourself to the opportunity to have those moments, you know, in a very organic way. Yeah, I remember reading a uh, an interview with MF Doom, um, Ooh, where uh, he was saying that the, you know, like if you think about like the creative endeavors that you do as inhaling and exhaling, and if you're in a state of like constantly putting out work and constantly creating, you're always exhaling. But like at a certain point, you gotta like take a step back do things that like for lack of a better term distract yourself and get fully immersed in just living life um so that your your subconscious brain like has a chance to take things in and i i find that like i try to balance my life between like you know this the work that i do in front of a computer but also you know just like all of the other things that i like doing in the physical world whether it's hiking or mountain biking or all these things and any, the more time that I can spend away from creativity and not thinking about it at all, as hard as that is, uh, I feel like that, like the creativity is informed by living life. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Amen, man. Yeah. I feel like we had lots of uh, good knowledge just dropped here. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, honestly, yeah, I, I, I like can't agree more. And I'm glad we're all kind of on the same page about it. But, you know, it's like if you would have asked me, four years ago, uh, what do you, where, how do you think you'll get the most work done? I'd be like, oh, if only I could just be at home for two years, locked in my room, and <laughs> COVID it. And that was the worst work I've ever made, you know, not being able to go out and being stuck in a rut was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny. Um, yeah. I mean, it also, and like what happened. you, I feel like what you're describing too, like, it's interesting because I've definitely had the realization recently where like, I always, I almost always, 
regret working past the point that I think I should be working, right? Where I'm like, all right, you know, whatever, I've got like extra stuff I need to finish, you know, not even like just with personal work, just like work in general, right? I almost always regret staying up later than I want to because then I'm tired the next day or like not going and working out or something because I'm like, I just want to like have the morning to work on some stuff. Almost always regret that. I never, ever regret even if it takes prying myself away from the computer, I almost never regret being like, let me go do something with some friends or let me go work out or like, let me go read a book. You know, those those moments, like I, for, for whatever reason, when you're having that like conflict of like, oh, like I, you know, I just have to be working. I have to solve this problem right now. Otherwise it's never gonna get solved. I feel like, yeah, I just never really regret, you know, giving, giving the space for myself to be like, I'm gonna go do something totally different and not think about this for a while. Yeah, I, I think again, this like goes back to kind of uh, like, yeah, developing the practice of like learning when you are burnt out, like learning when adding more fuel to the fire like is detrimental. And yeah, Andrew, I, I echo what you're saying. I think all the times that I've ever like stayed up late, like trying to like work on a song or like work on a project, like it's not good. It's, it's just, <laughs> you drive yourself crazy. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's important to, to remember to live life and that, you know, we're emotional beings and we need balance first and foremost. Mm, absolutely. Well, speaking of balance, I'm going to ask, have you ever done any freelance work? Have you, or have you pretty much gone from kind of, uh, just kind of straight into full time? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, out of college, I like did a little bit of freelance work and kind of like over the last few years, I've done freelance work, but there have been times where I've done freelance work in addition to my job. And that is Mm. like, nothing will make me more miserable than that because, (laughs) you know, like the last thing I want to do at the end of the day is like have to, you know, answer to somebody else. Um, But the times that I've freelanced kind of by myself, um, And I think that this is ultimately like a direction that I want to go in in the future and like kind of like work a little bit more for myself. But um, Mm. it's it's rewarding, but it's also really, really stressful if you're not like entrepreneurial. And if you don't, I mean, like half of it is doing the work, but the other half is like making sure you get paid, like making like finding the next client, uh, making sure your stuff's in order so you never lose files. You know, like there's all of these like responsibilities that come with freelancing that personally stress me out. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like, uh, you know, we've we've gotten a really good understanding of, you know, your art and where you're at right now. Um, would love to hear, like, you know, what are you what are, what's the next year looking like for Kid Few? Yeah, I think, um, again, I go back to the point of like, I'm not ever trying to like create like a perfect piece. Like, I'm just trying to show up and like create the work and i think what's rewarding for me is to like look back and to kind of like see a volume of work that i've built like it's it's been um a little bit more than a year than like when i first started posting on instagram um and like my current style and like all that and it's it's been super super cool to see like how the project has grown and and i think over the next year i i try not to like put any expectation or like results on myself i just want to like keep doing the things and if people resonate that's cool and if people don't like that's fine too but i think um yeah i've been super inspired by um like i said the the either george weissel or like some of the japanese illustrators that i follow that um you know really prioritize like subtlety and like composition and i i kind of like see my art getting a little bit more like subtle 
a little bit. Um, you know, I love like, I love uh, with a 3D model, I feel like there's so much interesting geometry, like even in like a picnic bench, you know? And like, if you can like bring out that like geometry, it's super interesting. So yeah, I, you know, I've, the way that I work, I work super, super far in advance just because, um, you know, like my motivation hits in different times. So like I, I have work that I'm like ready to like post in like October already, you know, like I'm, I create oh, damn. too much. Uh, so yeah, from, from the stuff that's sitting on my hard drives, I, I think like, yeah, um, the direction is definitely getting more into, uh, leveraging like a bunch of like, um, like 3d uh like assets from um i don't know if you guys use v-ray a lot but they have this like a uh, 3d library called chaos cosmos where like you can like pick super like detailed trees and like super detailed um like i don't know like cars and all these things and just kind of like merging the more like rendered elements like in my like kind of like illustration styles oh, damn yeah i'm i'm checking this out now that's awesome is uh, um Am I mistaken? Isn't V-Ray also what's in Substance? Isn't that the preview engine in Substance, Michael? I I don't no? use V V-Ray is V-Ray and Arnold are the two render engines I have not super dove into yet. My next one of my next exhibitions is definitely going to be Arnold, and then probably after that V-Ray. Um, but yeah, so I'm not too entirely sure. True. Um, no, but I'm looking at this chaos, chaos Cosmos collection, and it's gorgeous, dude. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of super lightweight um, like proxies that you can download that like you know when you render uh, look awesome. And like I love how like detailed these like trees are. So like I've been like in a big like tree thing, like putting trees in my models left and right. But I think yeah, like what ultimately like whatever like rendering software or even if you don't use a rendering engine, like I, I think. All I'm using it for is just to get like a little like clay model and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you could basically do that in any program. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. And that's what's so cool is like when you're, when you're describing just like this idea of like taking all these passes and creating something totally unique out of it. I mean, that is, uh, you know, that is, that's why I think your body of work already has such a, like, you know, a, such a specific voice that, that. Although it's like I see Kid Few work and I'm like that's Kid Few. I also am still seeing you doing new things and like expanding on that sort of visual language. So it's I mean it's it's definitely a result of you uh, of of you really like refining that workflow. I feel like and 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 allowing yourself to be inspired by you know analog versus digital and and this whole idea of imperfection. I mean it's really cool to see. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm stoked. For, I'm stoked to see what's on your hard drive through October. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I'm such a fan of texture, and I, I think that um, you know, like all of the artists that I follow, I think in this modern age where everything can be like completely pixel perfect, I think that like adding texture like kind of like brings back like a sense of nostalgia and like there's so many like artists that I follow that like have super simple like concepts and compositions, but they just like are so like leaned into the the use of texture and like making things imperfect that. I think it, yeah, like it's um I don't know, I'm I'm really like happy that like people are resonating with my work, but um I I love like how imperfect it is and I'm going to lean even further into that. Yeah. And speaking of textures, I just want to say the guy the man whose name I forgot who really looks for uh, outside inspiration as well, who is a king at doing phenomenal just super saturated textures, uh Wes Cox, that's who 
Uh, his stuff is just absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, he does like very minimalistic designs, but just really focusing in on that texture and that contrast. And it's like so simplistic and so beautiful. Um, but I do want to, because uh, we're, we're having a phenomenal time here. And I got like, you know, we have a few more questions where we jump into, uh, I think now would be a great time to jump into uh, the future kind of uh, portion. This is, you know, primarily speculation. Feel free to say what you hate. Feel free to say what you love. Um, and, you know, if you don't feel like, hey, I've necessarily even dove in, into that field, well, then that's just like great other, you know, viewpoints, which is just even as interesting to hear as somebody that is involved in the field. So I feel like um, you're about to like dive into an acronym, you know? Uh, yeah, well, uh, VR, maybe AR, would any of those uh, come on? Uh, but yeah, I do. I always like to kind of dive into this, but I don't even want to say what I think. I'm just curious, what is your viewpoint on um, kind of this like new technology of being in, in these immersive worlds um, like the XR, AR, VR metaverse? What, what are your kind of thoughts on that? uh far out kind of technology yeah i'm fully anticipating like a dystopian future where instead of like google meet it's like you know like a vr experience and like <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I, you know i think i think uh it's inevitable you know mm. i think that the world is going towards ar and vr and as designers i think we can either get ahead of the curve or we can fall behind that being said, um, you know, I, it's not something that I've like fully explored, but like, you know, my company is constantly like, you know, we have partnerships with like Microsoft on like HoloLens devices and, oh, wow. and our, yeah, I mean, the world is definitely heading in that direction, which I think there's a lot of like benefits to it. Um, you know, in terms of like being able to like interact with people from across the planet or like uh, doctors being able to, you know whatever doctors do um but i also like am kind of like hesitant for that future i think that like again it's it's like the feeling of like the fire is burning and like we want to add more gas to it like i think we're already like so like separated as like a culture and like people and like i think the answer isn't necessarily to like spend more time online you know like so mm. i think i i'm like i'm curious to see what happens i acknowledge the inevitability but i'm also hesitant love it now i mean yeah i it goes both ways you know it could be some the a blessing and a curse and it'll probably be both um in lots of different situations so um always well, and i mean it's to interesting hear. too I, I feel like you're also in an industry, as soon as you said that, Michael, I was like, you know, this is a, a perspective I'm, I'm curious to hear because I remember some mm, of my first yeah. interactions with like utility, right, for like VR or AR was like, I mean, architecture is right for it, dude. Like doing pre, you know, I've done, I've done pre-visualization renders for people that are like building displays at a conference, right? So they, they're like, hey, we have this idea. This is the size space that we have. Can you build it to scale? And so you basically do a 3D rendering of what it might look like, right? 
the first time I started seeing VR and AR stuff, I was like, that's, that's like a use case right there. Like, you know, forget, forget seeing a render, which is like from a certain perspective, you know, people put on a headset and they're like, and, and sure enough, you have like every, you know, home furnishing app, you can like visualize the piece to scale in your room. Right. So like, you're not buying a couch that isn't going to fit or doesn't, you know, so like that kind of utility, I'm like, okay, like that there's function there. And like, it's not, but exactly to your point, Justin, I also am sort of like, I already feel overwhelmed at how much time I feel like I have to spend on social media just to like stay relevant and on top of things. And like the idea of doing it in a whole new space where I feel like I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not a pro at any of it as it stands right now. I am hesitant too. But um, but yeah, the inev- I, I totally hear what you're saying about the inevitability thing too, because I mean, like I was saying, I just feel like there is a lot of utility. It's It's the same thing that happened when the internet popped off it's like yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good stuff and then there's a lot of trash and unfortunately we're probably going to take all of it at once and figure it out as we go and you know hopefully we have some foundational knowledge of like you know the tech boom in the last like 30 years and we learned something from it but but uh but yeah it's just it's interesting it's always interesting to hear because you know to your point michael it's like every person i feel like you've talked to whatever your background is it's there. I mean, like it, it is, it's whether you're a freelancer or you work at a studio or you're like primarily an illustrator, you know, just at, you know, game developers, obviously, you know, it's just getting, everything is getting pulled towards that sort of direction. Well, and it has the ability to be immersive, which is really cool. I feel like everything that we see is like in a 2d plane and like the, yeah, the experiential part of it is, is really, really interesting. I feel like when I look at screens now, I just feel like I'm in the past. Like I are, I feel like I think sometimes so far in the future that I see like, you know, there's apps behind, like right now I have three tabs behind this video screen. It would just be so nice if I could just move that over here and away and just have this video conference in front of, like in a weird way, it makes things more simplistic because you're not having to have these wires. You're not having to have all these apps cluttered around and you can kind of compartmentalize things with depth whether that's z depth or just you know accessing more of the left and the right of your spaces and you could actually have maybe where like a part of the room is your workstation that has kind of other applications over there and other things over here and you are able to separate things like maybe everything you do social is on the right side of the room everything work is now here and it's not all combined together it's separated so it would allow for more or that but that's like who knows who knows what'll happen it's it but it's just fun to think about you know the, all the pros and cons that may or may not happen so much who knows you know but it's but something's gonna happen i think that's the one thing everybody agrees i mean it's on. already yeah if i think we can all agree it's already happening yeah. so it's just a, it's a matter of uh sitting back and seeing where it goes and it, you know what's funny too is like i love because i feel like you know, I, the one thing I think is hilarious is like you watch these things like Mark Zuckerberg floating around in space with like eight other AI people. And it's like, who's making this? Like, there's like not that many designers. There's not that many 3D artists, or illustrate, you know, and it, the cool thing is, is like we're kind of also going to be the ones that has a big say on what that future does look like. And, you know, it is kind of like our responsibilities to talk to other designers and people and make sure that we are doing a positive influence um, in this next wave coming up, because it is going to be solely reliant on the artists that make these environments and these worlds for people. So, um, 
you know i mean i always i always think about how like you know even the three of us all doing the different types of work that we do uh i always i always count you know i I look back and i think like it is crazy to think that 30 years ago probably even less but like 30 years ago none of these none of our jobs really existed none of this like none of these processes i mean you know the that was not it was it just wasn't really a thing like like SketchUp, when I don't know when SketchUp was made. After Effects made a bit, I don't know, nine like nineties that after After Effects was around, but people like look at it, look at it as like it's very laughable. Cinema Ford, I mean, all of this technology and all these things that we're using to like tell these stories and build these worlds and craft narratives, like it's crazy because I mean we are you know in terms of a young industry, we're a very young industry. You know, digital design as at at its broadest is a very young industry and you know it's already getting it's already getting like all right well forget all that stuff what about like vr ar where all of those skills translate and it's like god i feel like we're not even figured out like what we've already got going on here (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no and it's happening at such an exponential rate too like if you think about the last 30 years of technological innovation and then you think specifically of the last five years it's crazy it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah. What? What? In thirty years, it's gonna be. I am gonna be everything I thought I wouldn't. I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna be like tech. I'm gonna be like a hip old person who like knows all the tech. Dude, forget it, man. I can't even get on TikTok. Like, I don't even know. I don't know how to use any of that stuff. Like, it's already, it's already happening. Yeah. One thing I think I'm most excited about. I will say, um, not to bring it back, but it, like, I think, I, I just randomly thought about this, but. I would love to see art just kind of even bringing it back to what we were saying with like actually printing art, but I hate seeing people's artwork on Instagram and on tiny platforms that are the size of your finger. I would love to see people's artworks blown up a little bit, you know, maybe that's like, you know, the size of a book or just a little bigger. Um, It's so different. Like it's completely different, but most of the artwork I feel like I personally ingest is through the probably the tiniest way possible to see art. Like, I, yeah, it's whole, really sad. I wholeheartedly agree. And then also, like, if you think about just like load times and image compression, and just like you spent all this time working on this like piece of art, and then it just gets destroyed <laughs> by JPEG aliasing. Like, it's just <laughs> okay, dude. I just found out. Yeah. I just found out you cannot post 24 fps to instagram which i didn't know forever right like you can you can it's just gonna like totally destroy and i was i was i was like looking at like youtubing like best compression settings for instagram whatever and i'm like what is going on like why is it every time i upload something it just immediately looks like trash and it's like oh max supported frame rate is 30 frames per second which i have now like adapted to Mm. but it's like that was a moment where I was like, man, it's like I'm sometimes I am making stuff for social, like or I'm just making something personal that I want to share on social. And it's like I don't even feel like it's going to look good. And it's, you know, exactly to your point, Justin, you spent all this, especially especially I feel like I sometimes am also very texture oriented, right? Like fine details, like grittiness. That's the first stuff that gets chomped out in compression you know they're like yeah. oh the the subtleties and color change between these two yellows it's one yellow like it's not gonna be anything other than that. yeah and, so and to that point like i am very excited for whatever the future holds in the space also just like faster internet speed yeah, when i look at, look at this scan of this printed um like graphic that i'll i'll create like and 
you know, I'm scanning at like 1600 DPI. So like, this is like a 200 megabyte, like PNG file. I am able to like zoom in and like see all of this detail that like just adds so much more beauty to the image. And mm. like, if we can somehow like figure out how to like experience high res imagery quickly on our phones, like that'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the one, I think like the Achilles heel to kind of the art industry right now is, is we kind of have to bow down to these social media platforms and that interface and quality that we, we have to. Open. Oh yeah. I mean, even like professionally, like I, uh, you know, there's a lot of like cool graphics that I'll create for SketchUp, but then like, you know, the, the final output of the graphic is to like get it, you know, sent in an email and like emails, like, you know, best practice for like image size on emails, like no more than 150 kilobytes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It blows my mind. <laughs> You're like, let me just pull up some clip art here. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's terrible. You're like having to compress screenshots sometimes, you know? It's uh, <laughs> just to make them fit. It kills um, me. It kills me. Yeah. Well, I want to ask, this is, uh, you know, um, and this is great talking about all this stuff. Uh, this is always the... Um, uh, the seesaw, you never know which, which side you're going to get. And maybe a seesaw is not a pendulum. I don't know. What's a 50, a coin toss. Uh, but I love how he went. That was the worst. Uh, anyway, NFTs, Hey, another, another acronym. Uh, yes. Uh, NFTs. What's kind of your thought on it? Have you sold any? Have you bought any? Have you made any? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Do you think it's going to be a part of the future? What's your thoughts on NFTs? I actually thought that this was what you were going to bring up earlier with AR and VR. Um, I knew it was going to come. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a super interesting space. Like, I think if you flip that coin, I would probably like have the coin landing right on the edge, you know, like right in the middle. Um, it's Good answer. It's, good answer. It's interesting. And I get a lot of people that like shoot me messages that are like, oh, yeah, you should like, you know, make an NFT out of this. But um, I feel like I just don't know enough about it and I don't even know where to begin. And on top of all of that, like, you know, like all of these like technologies and like all of this stuff is obviously like a little bit of a head ahead of the, uh, you know, like government and all that stuff. But like what happens when tax season comes around and you made all this money on NFTs? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm hesitant. To I get mean, into I feel it. like I feel like we've we've learned we've seen a few people even like even in our even in the the you know the meetup that like people that it, it was a real it was a very real thing. I'll say that you know I don't think anyone's gonna make that mistake again. But yeah, I'm not saying and I'm not saying anyone got like royally you know fucked by it necessarily. But like it, there were people that I think were scrambling come tax season because they were like, oh wait, like sixty percent of I could only take sixty percent of what I thought was mine and I used you know. So yeah, the scramble. I mean, it's a real thing. Yeah, and like granted, like nothing oh. makes me sound more like like an old person than like saying, "Oh, but what about the taxes?" But um, <laughs> I do think, though, however, that it is a very like exciting space just from the standpoint of um, more people being able to make money in unconventional ways. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing like I mean, I'm yeah, you know, I think saying that you are uh, you'd land in the edge of the coin uh you know i'm on the same way you know it's it's an interesting space and i'm never gonna dog any artist that makes money you know what i mean like that is like the greatest thing in this universe is when you see people making art and actually like making a yeah. living or like oh yeah you know, i mean did you extra like income off that that's well i don't know if you guys follow uh, people but like oh yeah 
that guy's like a millionaire on millionaire now. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I know. And if he held on, I think he actually sold his Ethereum. But like if he would have held on and sold at the right point, whoo wee. It would have. I mean, yeah. I feel like anything past, I don't know, because I'll never make a million dollars, but anything past a million, <laughs> I'm sort of like, I don't know. I'd see, I'd take a million. I'd feel pretty good about it. So this is actually a perfect yeah. foray to plug because I'm very excited about this and I have yet to frame it, Justin. I know I talked to you about this. Uh, uh, so Justin doesn't have uh, NFTs, but he does have these dope Kid Few prints, which oh, you can get on. Sick. You can get on dark room. I'm going to, this is going to go like right here. Eventually. Um, I just need to find a framer that will do 24 by 20 and not charge me like $400. But, um, I, I mean, look, I'm just going to do like a quick infomercial here. <laughs> it's like a, it's, it's like a nice glossy finish. I mean, talk about texture. Like I'm, I'm up close with this thing and like, you can see a good bit of texture for sure. And, um, and it's not just this one you have like, I mean, how many prints do you have up now for sale? Oh, probably. I feel like you've got like. Probably like 30, but yeah, thank you for the plug and uh, thank you for supporting the project. I'm stoked about it. I mean, it's just been sitting, it's been sitting in my office because I'm like, I, and I'm like, now I'm pulling it out again. I'm like, I got to get this hung up. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, so it's, it's interesting because it's, it's sort of like, you know, it's not, it might not necessarily be, you know, again, it's just like NFTs before NFTs, people sold stock footage or like prints or, you know, so it's like. It, it's uh it is a natural uh progression i think but mm. there's still i loved i loved getting this in the mail i'll say that it's you know as i have bought some nfts i've got some stuff that has, has been interesting to explore but i'm i'm a huge and i think it's very uh true to the kid few project it felt really good to have something physical that i could uh that i could hold on to i can't believe how full circle it came from uh talking about things needing to be printed to also then viewing things in a bigger <laughs> format to then NFTs and artists selling artwork. Hey guys, look at what I got. So anyways, this amazing print. Yeah, Andrew, you're a natural at co-hosting this. Damn, nailed it. It was amazing. Well, I mean, I feel like we wrapped anything up. Andrew, do you have any other questions? Or no, just... I was actually, yeah. I was getting to that point too, where I was just gonna say, like open it up to Justin and say, you know, I mean, it, is there anything that you, uh, you wanted to hit on that we didn't? I feel like I've had a great time. This has been awesome. Feel free to shell out everything you got. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I'm definitely, definitely very appreciative uh, and humbled, honestly, that you guys reached out to to do this with me. I think it's it's um it's incredibly motivating and it feels like validation that like I'm on a cool path with my projects. So um, in addition to just like, you know, seeing the stuff that you guys create and just being like perpetually mind blown by like your technical chops and like all of these programs that I've yet to explore, I feel like. The 3D world is vast and it seems like everybody is like kind of finding their like unique angle. So I think it's a good time to be a creative and I'm really happy that I got to talk to you guys. Yeah, Justin, dude, such a pleasure to have you on. Um, and everybody check out, that's at KidFew. Go check him out. Check out the artwork if you haven't already and you better have. Uh, and give this a guy a follow and buy some artwork. I know I'm going to. Yeah, thanks a lot, Justin. I appreciate you taking the time, man. All right. That sounds good. Thank you, guys.